This podcast was recorded on the lands of the Boonwurrung people of the Kulin Nation. The land on which I am lucky enough to raise my son always was and always will be Aboriginal land. This episode of Witching Hour is brought to you by Get Papped, an organisation that promotes open conversations about cervical screenings and urges individuals to take responsibility for scheduling their appointment. Hello and welcome to Witching Hour, the podcast that looks at what's exciting, delighting, intriguing and frustrating us when it comes to making work, work. I'm Lucinda, or Lou, as I'm trying to get more comfortable saying. And I am Loz. A good news story for you in 2024. Far out. It's freaking wild that we're already saying that. I like that it's an even number, just quickly. Yeah, do so like do I. That? It's a nice Yeah, I number. do. I'm a bit I love like two a, and I'm a I bit love a freak form. like that. Yeah, so yeah, do I. It's nice. Exactly the same. It's going to be a good year. <laughs> <laughs> Women CEOs finally outnumber CEOs named John in the leading <laughs> S&P 500 companies. 41 female CEOs and 23 Johns. That's so good. I know. Did you know that across the world's 500 largest listed companies, women CEOs have only outnumbered any single male name once before in 2018? How good. And I love this news story because you always seem to use Johnny as your example of when you're oh, just randomly the... throwing a name and it's just brilliant. I love the it. The next one is good. We've got two good news stories for the day. Second good news story is that Bluey <laughs> returns with the conclusion of its third season. So Disney Plus recently revealed that the final 10 episodes of the beloved children's series are set to premiere this week. Can't wait. That is that. A genuinely so exciting. I know, it's exciting so, for parents. So we're recording this a little, like a week out. If I have a baby and I can sit there and watch a new season of Bluey, I'm going to be the oh, happiest mom ever. Actually, exactly. I'll do it anyway. <laughs> I'll be doing uh, yeah, it regardless. Exactly. It's nice to have a kids show that parents like. Mm. And just on Bluey, if anyone has a listen to the Ready or Not episode with Justine Cullen, we talk a lot about Bluey. We have a bit of a fangirl moment because she actually put Chili Healer on the cover of one of her InStyle editions. And so we have a great conversation around Bluey. So if you're a fan, please listen to that. It's a great episode. So today, the future of work. Key Emerging Workplace Trends for 2024. Five parenting trends that will be huge this year. What does an A-type personality have to do with motherhood? And our listeners share their goals for the year ahead. Let's go, Loz. Let's fucking go. It's 2024. (laughs) The future of work. Key Emerging Workplace Trends to watch for 2024. I love these kind of things. Like, I don't know if what you're like, but at the start of every year, I'm like, what are the trends? What are we going to see? I'm so not, but like, I, but now that you're bringing it to me, I'll be excited. It's not where I'd go, but I'm happy to be here. I love it. And I like it when I actually stumble across something that's not like, this year we're going to see more flexible working. Like, shut yeah. up. We yeah, know. Shut up. Give me something else. <laughs> All right. So here's, here's the top trend. We've already gone from positive to a little bit, to a little bit jaded. <laughs> here's the top trends. Gen Z is taking over. So Gen Z is predicted to constitute 23% of the global workforce this year. They'll seek upskilling at work. They'll demand more flexible hours and they'll ask for more frequent pay rises than previous generations. 
I've just realized the importance of this because the more well, it paves the way. Yeah, exactly. When I sort of read this, I was like, oh yeah, cool. But I've just realized that Gen Z are really the first, would you say the first generation to be asking for better workplace? Conditions. Would you say yeah, that's fair? For sure. yeah, yeah. So that's actually a really huge start. That's nearly a third of the workforce. It is. The next one is generative AI. EY Ernst & Young reported that with AI and machine learning, specialist job categories are expected to balloon in the next five years. Employees and employers are also already building expectations around this and investing in new technology. So it's going to become a big part of like streamlining roles, probably the removal of a lot of roles, I would say, and then the creation of new ones, obviously. So for anyone that is looking to get into AI, now's the time to jump on board and start using it to streamline your own tasks within your own roles. And also using G- GPT. GPT oh, it's so good. I love it. I need it. to get it's on great. it. Mm. It's so handy for resume writing. It's handy for content creation. Yes. Like even if you're using, like if you're doing social media clips and you're like, God, I can't think of any other captions to test, it'll generate some for you. They're not always bang on, but they're not bad. At least to give you a bit more food for thought. Yeah. All right. I'm going to take your advice and embrace a bit of AI in 2024. Perfect. Love it. I reckon you won't, but that's all right. We'll check <laughs> We'll check back in. Yeah. I love that you said that. You definitely won't, but whatever. Uh, the new remote. So 100% remote work is becoming less common. Uh, I mean, it's an obvious. We're shifting towards a hybrid model. I never thought I'd say this, but I'm happy to see it. I don't want 100% remote except for people that really need it. But otherwise, for the rest of us, I want the hybrid model. Yes, it'll be interesting to see how that kind of looks for workplaces though. Like I wonder if a lot of people, I wonder if workplaces will roll out like a team structure in terms of days, like marketing comes in on a Wednesday or whether that'll be left to the manager or how they're going to manage that or maneuver it internally. I wouldn't want to manage that now that you say that. That would be annoying and stressful. Because it's quite complex. Yeah, it's a lot of extra people management, isn't it? And like organisational management. It is, but it's more so... The difficulty, I would say, lies in that employees, particularly Gen Z, are demanding to set their own hours and flexibility. So it's kind of like a double-edged sword. Like, yes, people want to go back into the office, but do they want to go into the office on specific days or would they prefer the flexibility of choosing those days? Yeah. And then from an HR perspective, how do you manage that? It's especially hard for mothers too because there's certain days that you work and it's not always easy to just change a daycare day, for example. So that does make it hard. If the office day is a Tuesday, but you can't get care on a Tuesday, it's, that's a really challenging part of it. Yeah. And I think the other thing is if you're applying for jobs, you probably need to try to be as flexible as possible and consider like how much in-office time do you actually want? Because some companies may implement like a full-time, you've got to be in the office three days. Are you wanting to commit to that? Yeah. Um, it's something that you'll need to ask yourself this year. And I think the other thing for a lot of women to consider is that with the return of workplaces implementing specific days that you need to be in the office, I think now's also a time to consider the commute. Yeah. Like a lot of my friends are now rethinking their commute with new policies being put in place. Like you've got to be in the office in a Wednesday and they're like, mate, I live in... Yarra Valley, I don't want to be driving to Heidelberg. It's too far four times a week. That's so much extra time. It, it goes against what I was saying about that I do want us to be in the office more as well because 
that's an extra day of work if you did that four days away. Well, remember how we spoke about ANZ and the bonuses being tied to <laughs> yeah. in-office attendance? That's going to be an interesting one because it's like... You bloody want the bonus because imagine if you were commuting yeah. like pretty much eight <laughs> hours a week. You'd need yeah, to no, she like, need that for my week. petrol. Next trend, side hustles. This I thought, I thought was quite interesting. So 70% of Gen Z and 50% of millennials admit to having a side hustle. It's no wonder, wow. obviously. Yeah, it's no wonder though. For me, I didn't find that overly surprising because still really cost of living stuff. is going up. And the size of the gig workforce, that's an American term, where it'll probably come into Australia in about, I don't know, six months, is on track actually to surpass the full-time workforce by 2027. Doesn't that so surprise that you? Yeah, that really surprises me. I think I'm taking it in still, to be honest. I'm a little bit slow these I'm days. I'm like, Lucy, wake up. Be surprised. I hate it when I give you something and you're, you don't give me uh, what I'm I want. Like, I, know what, I know what it feels like. That's quite incredible. Why do you think that is that the size of the gig or the, I guess, entrepreneurial side hustle workforce is becoming so big? I think because people have more access to different avenues. So like you've got to remember 25 years ago, they didn't have like Timu or DHgate or AliExpress or anything like that. It's so interesting that you say that. My dad is a builder. He's a carpenter by trade. And he used to say that back in the day, he'd just have to wait till someone got home to their house to call them to chase up bills. You know, like how ridiculous. Or to be like, hey, where were you today? You'd have to wait till... 6 p.m. that night to be like, you were meant to, like this Tyler was meant to be on site and you weren't. Where were you today? I find that so okay. So it's like the world has just changed so much and everyone has so much more access to literally everything. Everything. They're saying that six in 10 executives say that they expect gig or like side hustle workers to substantially replace their full-time employees over the next three years. That's quite crazy. So it means like what we're going to see in terms of a shift over maybe the next 10 years is people will have multiple income streams and multiple jobs. If you can make more money by providing your services on like Fiverr and running like a little side gig and also freelancing, I mean, why wouldn't you do that? It's more flexible for you. Exactly. I also like the way that if that seeps into other types of people besides mothers, it changes it from just being the mum that's the part-time worker. You know, it's every, that's what they're saying. Yeah. They're saying so everyone, really that's like, like that. the mental. Yeah, it becomes a bit more of a thing rather than like, for example, if you're the one that's got to change a meeting because you can't be there on that day, it might not just be the bloody mum. I'm not saying the bloody mum, but some people might. It might not yes. just be being the mum changing things. It's other people too. Influencer marketing has also significantly surged as a side hustle. This did surprise me a bit because I was like, are we seeing like a decline of the influencer? Stats are suggesting the exact opposite. So the market is now um, accounting for, the influencer market, I should say, is now accounting for $21.1 billion in 2023. That's a 29% increase from 2022. And they're expecting that to further increase. Mm. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, You know what? I take my hat off to the influencers. If you can make a buck by creating some fun content. Good content, exactly. Good for you. Absolutely. Reimagined job benefits is the last one. In 2021, women left the workforce in record numbers. Research shows that in large part, this was due to disproportionate family responsibilities. So you've come off the tail end of COVID and then that's kind of merging into your work career where you've been at home more frequently, schools aren't back, etc. And that was sort of still the thick of COVID. Like we were in lockdown all of winter of 2021. 
were in Melbourne. Yeah. But, but I think I America other was too. Were. were they not? I find the I think COVID they were timeline so confusing now. Okay, yeah, yeah. I can't even remember. Yeah. But they said if women earned money for this unpaid work, they would surpass the combined earnings of the world's 50 largest companies. Pretty crazy. It's a lot of unpaid family work. That's a lot of money. Yeah, with companies now having difficulty recruiting new talent and retaining that talent, they're going to have to reimagine their benefits, which makes sense. So like I would say over the next couple of years, things like flexible working are more of a given. It's not really a benefit because most companies will have that. So then job seekers aren't going to see that as like a great selling point. So benefits, maybe more things like what are you doing for employee development? Is there additional annual leave? Is there additional family leave that you can tap into? Like all of those kind of things. That's something I want to see, especially those big organizations that can afford it. I saw that there's a really great business that's just started following us on Instagram. I think it's called Bubba Desk. And I want to see more of that sort of thing. It's yeah, basically that would be pretty childcare. Cool. Yeah. Lou, that's the five emerging trends that Fast Company, who are usually pretty good with that kind of stuff. This is what they're predicting. Well, they're very quick. <laughs> yeah. That Sorry, was such a mum joke. <laughs> a mum joke. I, I love, love how you said mum. Oh, God. You said dad. I said mum. Um, those are the trends. So I guess we'll just have to check in over the year ahead and see. What's actually happening? I I'm, I can't wait to see you all over AI. I'm going to be, oh yeah, let's do an AI check-in in six months. Yeah. See how I'm going. <laughs> Five parenting trends that will be huge this huge. year. Huge. <laughs> all right. When it comes to raising tiny humans, what kind of fads can we expect to see all over the playground and our Instagram feeds this year? From inch stones to benign neglect, here are the five parenting trends that are going to be huge this year. I've seen a couple of these, but I'm curious to see if you have. Like I've actually, some of these I'm like, I've noticed that last oh, year. Oh, like in the creeping. playground and in the social feeds. You're actually Definitely seeing Definitely in the social feeds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So these are time on many it. of them. I was thinking I'm surprise. seeing more of these on my phone probably than the playground to be Yeah, yeah I'm in a <laughs> lot of playgrounds. i both. <laughs> I feel like my playground era is coming this year, by the way, isn't it? Ray's nearly oh, two. Yeah. I'm about to really become a playground. Unless you want your house trashed. <laughs> Absolutely. Number one, inch stones. So this is about celebrating mini achievements that happen throughout parenting. It's things like, which I find a bit odd, but I have seen it. It's things like first day of kindy or like first day of daycare. Or you know how a lot of people are now doing that, like first day of daycare versus last day of daycare. Mm. Have you seen that on your feeds? Yeah, I have. I actually don't mind that because, as you know, I'm a bit of a it's cute. I'm a bit of a Grinch in a lot of ways with this, when it comes to this sort of stuff. But I really like seeing those start of the year, end of the year photos. They're quite adorable. It is very cute. But then there's things like people are starting to get more involved in like lost their first tooth, toilet training success, which I'm just like, how do you even celebrate that? Like socially, do you put a yeah. photo of a kid on a potty? Like a yeah. poo in the toilet. Like, and like, how far I feel are we like going? my parents were already celebrating my losing my first tooth or getting my first tooth all the way back when. Like, is this really a new trend? Oh, I've heard the tooth fairy now gives like 20 buckers. Oh, she, well, she's dealing with inflation. Yeah, well, well, to be honest, who has coins anymore? Love? I don't have any coins and you can't get a five or a ten off from the ATM. Can I pay so it looks like Can it's I pay past to Ray? I don't have any cash on me. <laughs> and those two and one dollar coins are very important for the trolley. Oh, well, yeah, seriously. 
Yeah, either Santa's getting a dollar for the trolley or she's getting yeah. a $20 from the ATM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to walk around the supermarket or <laughs> yeah. do you want us to celebrate your achievements? <laughs> oh, God. Um, so Inchstones are a big one. Just on some data with this one, because you know I love a couple of stats. Pinterest looked at real search data from users last year and noticed an, a massive increase in the following searches. So monthly milestone ideas were up by 90%. So that's I'm like sorry, when you that like, one gives me an eye roll. Like, I know, I'll give you the less I knew you were going to say like, that. Let's put less pressure on ourselves for our kids to reach these milestones. Ray sat for the first time at over eight months. He walked over 15 months. Unless there's real medical reasons to be following these milestones, I'm not into it. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm not into the tummy time. Like, oh, make sure your kid has ten minutes of tummy time every bloody hour or whatever it is. I'm like, Ray, he's got his he's got his head in the mat. He's having the worst time (laughs) of his life. Can I just hug my child? So that's how I feel about Um, milestones and all the things that come with them. (laughs) No, I think it's look. There's some really cute ones, but I do think it's very much a first time parenting thing. Like, I remember being. Like I remember speaking to a girlfriend and we called her like the, whatever her name was, XY School of Excellence. Like, cause her <laughs> kid was like, like pushing to sit up, you know, like before everybody else is a child. Mine was like a the fool. opposite. <laughs> yeah. Then I reckon when you have your second child, you just don't have the same time to invest. Yeah. Like you're like tummy time is literally when you're making your other child breakfast and you're like, far out, just put you on your tummy and hope, hope that you'll yeah, be fine. Exactly. Like, yeah, you know. I just think there's so much pressure on milestones. And as I said, like, I'm so aware that there's some babies that really need that extra help to be able to yes. do things. But for the most part, do less, mom. Do less. Do less. The other one was baby naming ceremonies. That's increased what by 35%. Um, I'm not I'm sure pa- I'm, like picturing like a, a, I'm picturing like finding Nemo when he has his like shark bed <laughs> hoo-ha ceremony. <laughs> I think I'm going delirious. <laughs> I'm too pregnant to be talking. <laughs> I think it could be some like a religion oh, okay. thing. Like I don't yeah, know. If, okay. I don't know if it's a Greek in Greek culture to have a naming ceremony. I feel like it might be, but I could be completely yeah. incorrect. Anyway, it's something that we're going to see an increase in this year. Potty training rewards ideas rose by a hundred percent. Look, I I wouldn't put that on social, but like I have googled a lot of things like. How do we get Sienna to tell us yes. prior to starting a poo in her pants? Because that yep. is just nasty. No oh, one tells you about bad. that. No one wants to do that. I'm nervous for that stage. No, and you know what? No one tells you. If they poo in their underpants, it's not like a nappy, babe. No. Like, you've got to slide it down. Yeah. yeah. Do you get what I'm and, trying to And you've got to, you've got to dispose here? of the poo and then clean shitty undies. Oh, ain't no one cleaning shitty undies. They're going straight in the bin. Laws. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. If it's a little skiddy. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. If we're talking about a monster poo in there, I'm yeah, sorry. I'm, no I'm, I can wait. I can get, I, I'm not going to judge until I've been through it because I'm, yeah. I'm sure there's some that are very the unsalvageable. The first time Ray does a big poo in his underpants and you have to slide that down, <laughs> come to me, my friend. I take nail scissors everywhere. We might put it on Pinterest. <laughs> oh, disgusting. The next one was my first tooth party. So parties for losing a first tooth are up by 40%. Wow. When do you lose your first tooth? I'm trying to think. You're sort of around. Six. Six, yeah, okay. Seven. Yeah. Gee, you've probably Mate, already just I'm celebrated telling their you, birthday. I'm not doing a tooth party. I'm I am about, telling you I'm saving maybe just my, without my pennies on that. Yeah, yeah exactly. So 
Yeah. I'll just do the pay pass idea. Here's <laughs> <laughs> $10, Dal. <laughs> the second trend, which is a quick one, is gentle parenting names. I mean, I find this quite cute. So the prediction is for next year that there'll be a lot of floral, feminine, so, soft. I've got a names. bit of a plot twist. I've got a name that's now my front runner. That's a new name that I'm not going to tell anyone because I'm so pregnant now that I may as well keep it as a surprise. Wait, have you told me? No, no one knows except for oh, Hayden and Mum. Excellent. And it's totally in this realm. So stay tuned. Hayden doesn't love it at the moment, but we are honestly having so much trouble. I'm going to have a guess. Okay, go for it. I reckon Daisy. Daisy's oh, a front a great runner. great name. We'll see if name. you're right. Stay oh, tuned. Can't wait. Can't wait. The only problem is Hayden's not totally on board, but we're getting to the point where I'm like, you came up with Ray. I'm the one who's carried the baby and giving birth. Oh, and we I do can't what you agree want, on names. Like I'm all yeah. for both parents obviously needing to like the name, but I'm also like we just don't agree on any girl names. Yeah, you know what? I just reckon go for it. Go for it. So anyway, that's the trend is those gentle parenting names. Oh, this one's a good one. Number three, Sharon Ting is out. <laughs> a term used to describe when parents overuse social media to share content related to their children. Yeah, let's embrace this one. Yeah. Actually, this is back on the AI theme. So AI tools and emerging ones are pretty sophisticated. Well, they're becoming more and more sophisticated now um, when it comes to producing realistic images based on photographs of your children, which is oh, creepy so AF. creepy. Yeah. So I do actually think this is a, a fascinating one. I've seen it happen a lot in like those larger influences on social media starting to like, you know, put like a little heart or something over their kid's face. And at the beginning I was like, mate, we've seen your kid like four months ago. Like, why are you starting now? Don't worry about it. But this is probably why. 100%. Yeah, I'm all for this. I think that... When Instagram first started, people just absolutely spammed their children. And don't get me wrong, I love seeing, I do. I love I love seeing content of kids. I love it. Oh, I love everything you put up. Maybe I'm just a really biased <laughs> auntie. You could you could spam me 20 times a day and I wouldn't care. But I do think people use Instagram diff differently now. Like I don't think it's like every update under the sun gets shared anymore. Do you think that's totally the opposite of what's happening on Instagram? I don't know if I'm telling the truth here. I'm not sure. I think it depends who you follow. And I think it yeah. depends on what content like their audience engages with. There's some people that share heaps on their kids and that's kind of what people go to them for. And then others that like share like little glimpses of behind the scenes and you're like, oh, yeah. she's got I have got a bone to pick with you actually. You haven't been sharing any of, of Jerry's text message threads about what he does with Sienna oh, on a Friday. Well, oh, oh, well, I can share one for this episode if you like, because Please. this is how rogue my family's gone. This is why, because it's <laughs> fucking mental. Dad had Sienna the other day and sometimes, like I hate to admit this, but I feel like well, there'd be like 50% of people that are with me here. If we're out and there's no toilet close by or I can't be effed to walk to a dingy, disgusting toilet, like a public one that just looks messy as fuck shit and way everywhere sometimes yeah sometimes i say to you, sienna should we, we should do a bush way let's you oh, know let's go do a bush, bush way. way yeah nothing that. wrong with that sienna's like finds it actually quite exciting she's like mum yeah can i do a this is can liberating I, do a bush way? I was like let's go for do it. a bush way we're camping mum we're camping anyway she's at dad's the other day and she said outside gardening you know pruning all of his plants that he hates and 
she's like, I need to do a wee. I'm going to do a bush wee. And dad said it was like immediately. And he was like, okay, no worries. So he's got this like tiny little bark section. So she weed on it and halfway through she goes, I need to poo. Oh, no. Yeah. Bush poo. Dad sent me a picture, which is too graphic to share because it's so disgusting. And he's like, Sienna's done a big bush poo at mine. Like, ha, ha, ha. I'm like, Dad, that is fucking uh, 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 revolting. I'm like, she's at your house. Like, what is wrong with you? We're trying to teach her to to do the the one that started it. I'm like, I am not. There's a difference between a wee and a poo. I love it. And he's like, it was disgusting. I had to pick it up like a dog. I'm like, oh my oh. god. Honestly, I don't know. I don't know how much more I can share because my family's nuts. No, you have to keep sharing, please. That's great. Oh, revolting. Okay, number four. Benign neglect is in. I love this. I'm into I it. I live for this. I'm really into it. I feel like this was made for me. Yeah. Out with the helicopter parent. It means taking a step back. And just letting kids be kids. Obviously, I love this because the title sounds like it's like, oh, let your kid, you know, like, no, don't do anything with actually, your kids. It's not about that. It's not about the time exactly. we're spending with our kids. It's about the control. Yeah, and it could actually be called nurtured independence, which is like a nicer. If you're a gentle framing. parent, that's a really lovely phrase for yeah, us. If you're a gentle parent, <laughs> if if exactly. So things that you can do when it comes to benign neglect. You can let your kids sit in the car for a road trip and not give them an iPad. And you can say, let's play I Spy. We're going to listen to the Wiggles. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Whatever. Yeah, You can just it. let them suffer slightly. You know what? I reckon I, I'll, I'll say that and we'll get halfway down the coast and I'll yeah. be like, take it. I can't yeah, listen to this song one want. more time. What do like, you need? I'm done. I'll give you anything. Exactly. Yeah. I like the idea of it though. I do too. And there was this really cute quote by Jennifer Garner who I... I freaking love that woman. I just feel like she, if you met her, I feel like she'd be I so don't know down to earth and normal. Her. Like, I feel like you don't hear about 30? her anymore. I lo- don't get me wrong. I loved, I loved those movies, but I feel like in the last 10 years, I've really not heard much from her. So what's she saying? Tell me. So she's saying, this is her, this is the whole benign neglect really has stemmed from her. That's like her style of parenting. Yeah. She's like, their lives are their own. Ghana added. I'm not trying to live their life and I don't mind that they see that I love mine. I'm like, oh, I've, I'm really, go, that resonates, strikes a chord with me. I'm going to take this, even if it's out of context, and use it as inspiration for letting go of control about things that like are a bit messy or chaotic. You know, when you're trying to stop your kid from doing something and then you catch yourself and you're like, just let like them painting, be Like painting, colouring, stickers, Christmas decorations, things, anything. Carrying, carrying food around, you know, near couches that you don't want them to touch. Nothing in my house is that precious. I always just think, just mm-hmm. stop being so stressed. Who cares? Let him do I it. I know, but it's hard. It is it hard. It is hard. But I'm going to take what Garner's talking about, even if it's out of context, and apply it to that situation this year. Love that. The last one, vintage over new. Gen Z are most likely to buy fewer new clothes, repeat outfits, and shop locally with thrifting, vintage, and heirloom noted as one of the top fashion trends for the new year. It's a nice way to save a couple of bucks. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Good Mm. for the environment, good for the wallet. I'm into it. Yeah, and instead of calling it hand-me-downs, I'll be like, babe, don't worry, it's heirloom. (laughs) Do you want an heirloom, Darcy? Here's my heirloom heirloom outfit. (laughs) My problem with vintage shopping is that I never feel like... Furniture vintage shopping, I'm good at. But, uh, vintage shopping in a fashion context, I feel like you always see people and they're like, oh, I found this at an op shop. And you're like, 
What? How? Yeah, but you already have to be somewhat stylish to pull it off. I mean, I just don't really see myself in that category. You've got to really put the um, you got to put the work in. But I love that. I'm all for it. And I actually just went through all of Ray's clothes that no longer fit him, and I was like, Tayden, we need not a thing for this daughter of ours. We yeah. have so many clothes. It's all heirloom. Exactly. It's all going to her. Yeah. So I feel like my daughter's name, if it's if it's the one that I want, gets off, then I am totally embracing gentle parenting names, which is something that I never thought I would say. I'm into sharenting being out, except for when it's people that I really like sharing their kids. <laughs> <laughs> Benign neglect, I'm into it. I think it sounds really harsh when you first read it, but it's not. It's just about letting kids be kids and I love it. And I'm going to perhaps give myself a bit of a task of buying vintage clothes for kids because it's one thing to buy well, Maybe it's yourself. just accepting handy, hand-me-downs. I yeah, don't know. I love a like, hand-me-down. Yeah. I've got some great hand-me-downs from for my nephew-to-be as well. And it does feel really good to rehome things that you've loved and adored for your own kids and another kid that you adore is going to get wear out of it too. Spot on. So, Loz, speaking of the year ahead that is 2024 with those gorgeous even numbers, the gorgeous use of two and four, which we love, we went out to the community and asked them what their goals are for this year. I will share some of my favourite ones. Prioritising my own well-being and mental health. This is from a mum that's going to appear on Ready or Not, who works full-time and is a mother of one. Go, girl. Getting fit again, that's going to be a big one for me. I feel like two under two has meant that my body has existed purely for someone else since I got pregnant with Ray. So I'm not going to put any pressure on myself. It's going to look like a bit of a winter spring job, but I'm really (laughs) looking forward to getting back into yoga. Not in any bounce back culture way, just having some time to actually work out and actually get my heart rate up sometimes I'm like gee your cardiovascular health must be terrible you do that when you're pregnant though anyway like I remember walking up like an incline of 0.05 would have been like 0.005 and I was so puffed I was like that's true and we've just moved back into our house and uh I have never done so many steps in my life yeah that's a good point actually you do forget about the incidental activity you do as a Mm -hmm. mother but getting back into it in more of a I guess self-care time away from kids way it's going to be a big one for me Doing the groundwork to bring in some passive income in 2025. Absolutely love that. And I feel like that comes back to what we were talking about earlier with those workplace and workforce trends. Yeah, for trends. Trying to stop rushing all the time with a laughing emoji. Oh, feel that one. Feels, I feel like yeah. we both feel that one. Get on top of spending, saving more for our first house. I'm going to buy nothing new and regularly review finances. That is an admirable goal. I say that shit every year. I'm like, cut spending, do this. And then I freaking walk past stocked or something. I'm like, I need to eat that cookie. so hard, isn't it? Yeah. It's sick. Where all my money's been going lately. I just realized. Coffee. I spend so much on coffee. It's revolting. Like It's it's ridiculous. And then I said to Ray the other day, should we get a coffee machine? Like, should we just invest in it? And he's like, if you want. But he's like, what do you actually enjoy about coffee? I'm like. I like the, the, the theatre of it. With the cup. Yeah, yeah. And you like going there and having that combo, especially if it's day I a do. day where you're not doing much. I always find it's like it's the nice check-in with other humans. If you're mostly yeah. with your kids that day and you've got no social Like I love holding it. Oh, you love so holding weird. it. I love I'm like, holding you the love cup like it's a ritual. And you're like, I love holding <laughs> the cup. 
This one I love. Me, I just resigned from my job as a midwife. 2024 is for me and finding a new career. You yes, go girl. Get it, get sister. Up. Actually carving out some time for me. Another one that I hope many mothers are going out and getting this year. Trying to stop mum guilt for taking a break and doing the work on my own stuff. This is a brilliant one. And as we know, healthy mum equals healthy kids and healthy family. Mm. You go get it, sister. And lastly, I love this one, reclaiming my identity after becoming a mum because I'm not just a mum. I think when you're in the early days of being a mum, you do just feel like a mum and there's nothing wrong with that, but you can feel like you've lost so many parts of yourself. So I think that's a really yeah. beautiful a beautiful thing to look for in 2024, all the other parts of yourself that make you happy. We've got a bit of a double entendre. I don't even know if that's the phrase, but I'm going to run with it anyway because it sounds entendre. beautiful. Entendre. Uh, I don't know what it means. But anyway. Sorry about my, um, my fancy co-host over here. I know. I'm very la la. I've been to Paris a few times. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, wait, oh, wait, I wait. hate myself. I actually hate <laughs> Paris. I'm one of the only people in the world, I think, that doesn't oh, like shit. Paris. Yeah. Don't like is a bit of a stretch. I'm being a bit, I'm trying to be a bit yeah, too pretty sure you'd like to go like. there now, yeah. sweetie. Pretty sure. If someone wants to pay for me to go to Paris tomorrow, I will <laughs> attend. Exactly. But we digress. As I said, I'm too late pregnancy to talk. I genuinely feel bad for people. I listened to the last episode and was like, gee, Dal, you're running out of good things to say. <laughs> <laughs> So when I said double entendre, which I still doesn't, don't really know what it means, what I meant was we had a double poll this week. So the other thing that I asked the Ready or Not community was inspired by my conversation with Casey Edwards, the author of Raising Girls Who Like Themselves and Bringing Up Boys Who Like Themselves. Such a powerful episode. She talks about how she felt like such a failure in motherhood because she was such a high achiever in every other part of her life up until that point. She couldn't conceived naturally, needed IVF, felt like a failure. She hated being pregnant and had a terrible pregnancy. was sick the whole time. Again, felt like a failure. Why can't I do this right? Ended up with an emergency cesarean for a birth after wanting what they call like a normal physiological birth. Again, yeah. felt like a failure. Couldn't breastfeed, was made redundant when she was pregnant. Everything just made her feel like a failure. And so many people can relate to that. Like that's so, many so people. normal yeah, to feel like, like that. Everyone, yeah. Something goes wrong, and I put that for in everyone. commas, for everyone. Yep. Like nothing is perfect in motherhood. No. But we were sort of discussing this through the lens of A-type personalities. And I've seen a lot of interesting content about how that can often correlate with feelings of failure in motherhood. Because we are told that hard work normally leads to success, leads to good grades, leads to higher leads incomes. to results. Leads yeah. to results. Whereas motherhood, it's not always like that. You can pay for the best lactation consultant and maybe you just won't be able to breastfeed. And that is hard, yep. but it's one of those cold, hard facts of motherhood that we just can't control. Another thing about A-types is they often really like control and motherhood is the first time that you really have to relinquish most of control. So this inspired me to put this poll out. The first question was... Do you consider yourself an A-type personality? What percentage of our listeners do you think consider themselves A-types? 60%. Oh, very close. You're getting good at this. You're getting very I'm good. so 54%. good at it, honestly. You're honestly. really good. So 54% identify as an A-type personality, 27% don't, and 19% are unsure. <laughs> so with that in mind, that bit of data, which you love, 
The question next was, if yes, did it lead to feeling like a failure as a mother? 100% is the first option. Sort of is the second. Not really is the third. How many do you think said not really? Actually, I'm a bit stumped for that one. I don't reckon many would have said not really. Like if you're an A-type personality, something's shit's going to hit the fan somewhere. Like maybe 10%. Very close. God, you're good. 14%. So over half, 55% said that 100%, it led to feelings of failure. Yeah. Sort of was 32% and Mm -hmm. not really was only 14%, which is not surprising, but quite devastating really. My third poll question was, if you felt like a failure at some point, what was the main thing for you? The options were conception journey, pregnancy, birth, and breastfeeding. What do you think was the most common answer there? Breastfeeding. So it was actually birth, but it was really splayed. Ah. So 36% felt like a failure from how their birth played out. 29% yeah. both for conception journey and breastfeeding and only 7% for pregnancy. So I hope that that gives whoever's listening to this some comfort in that a lot of people feel the same way that you do. It's such a yes. mixed bag of emotions. I then, as part of that question, asked if people wanted to expand, if there was something else that I didn't mention there. One person said, I expected to do it, being motherhood perfectly, and also enjoy every moment. Not possible in reality. Uh, There are so many mums that would sit lonely at home going, why aren't I enjoying this? What am I doing wrong? What's wrong with me? So I think that's a really important one. Feeling so torn about paid work and career focus and wanting to be present and prioritize my child. I feel you, sister. I'm always toying and froing between it's also where, where so my priorities conflicting, lie. like yeah. the advice there. Like I spoke to someone recently. I think when you're in those like younger years, everyone, like 99% of people will say, you'll never get this time back. You'll never get this time back. If you can afford to spend the time with your kids. And whilst I think that's a lovely point of view, mm. firstly, if it's not available for you financially, it's not available. However, I just want to put a second viewpoint in there because I think this is so interesting Another friend of a friend has children that are a little bit older. So they would be, I don't know, maybe like 11 and nine. And she said, hand on heart, she's like, I hated the younger years. She's like, I really did not enjoy them. I found them boring. I didn't get a lot from my kids. I felt like we couldn't communicate and I'm happy not to have that time back. And she's like, the time that I love is the time now when I feel like I'm forming a friendship with yeah. my children. She's like, I don't feel like I'll get that time back between Is that. Is this the like- person that stepped back a bit now but was working really hard when her kids were yes. really young? Yes. Yes, really interesting. on so many levels, I'm like, I, I do in some ways feel like I could relate to that. Like yeah. I would almost, for me, like I love my kids, but do I enjoy the ages like one and three? Like are they like the light of my existence? Not really. Like it's fun. But I do personally think for me, like I'll be similar to her. Like I think when my kids are a little bit older, like I would love to be able to say to Sienna, let's go to the movies together and grab some dinner and get our nails done. Like that is my dream day. Yeah, it's so interesting. I'm going through so many ebbs and flows with this. I feel like I've loved the newborn phase, which I think a lot of it comes down to luck. My baby fed well, those sorts of things panned out. He wasn't a great sleeper, but he fed really well. And I feel like that really can unfortunately make or break an experience. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So I loved the newborn phase. And then once he was about six months to, I reckon about 14 months, absolutely loved him, but really needed something else. And I don't know if something's happened lately. I don't know if it's because I'm late pregnancy and I'm sort of aware of how finite time is and that there's going to be this person bursting our bubble. But now I'm sort of back to wanting more time with Frey at the moment. It's really weird. So it's really interesting the way it ebbs and flows. Whereas like four months ago, love him and wanted time with him, but I really wanted to work, 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 work. Maybe it's a nesting thing. Who knows? But it just goes to show how many ebbs and flows there are. I think everyone's just different though, Lou. And also you're different. Like me, like... You as a parent to a one-year-old is different to a parent to a two-year-old, to a three-year-old, to a four-year-old. Absolutely. So Mm. I think like when people say that stuff to you, like, and it is a bit of fear-mongering, like you'll never get that time back. You might not get that specific time back, but look at the other time that you got ahead of you. And there's so much time. Yeah. Yeah. And you you simply cannot enjoy something that you're not totally enjoying. So it's just like, like, yeah, with hindsight, we can all say that. But I, I I think one thing I am good at in motherhood is like forgiving myself for not loving the bits that I haven't loved so yeah, far. Yeah, for sure. And then embracing the ones that you do love. And I think that's what we should be doing. So I totally get you because I go through ebbs and flows of feeling torn. Like sometimes I just want to work, 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 work. Other times I just want to have like this slow living existence with my child. Exactly. So I feel you, lady. The next one, this person said you can't control a baby and if you're used to hard work equaling success, a baby really forces you to let go. I do think one of the biggest and most valuable lessons in motherhood is that idea of letting go. We control our lives up until that point and then all of a sudden you have to learn to embrace curveballs. I think I would also say control the things that you can control. So like for me, I'm like, I am so type A. Like I love it when people say, you just got to let it go. I'm like, I can't, I just can't. Like I genuinely can't. So I'm like, okay, one of the things that I can control this morning that will make me feel better. I'm like, I can make my bed. I can make my bed so that when I get into it tonight, I feel like I've made my bed and I feel lots about it. I think that is a beautiful tip. Even going into preparing for birth, controlling the things that I can while I wait to see if this baby comes earlier or not. Who the hell knows? But like exactly, my midwife was like, you can pack your hospital bag. And once I did that, yes. which to be honest, I'm only really just doing now, but once I have started to assemble that, I was like, oh, I feel a sense of control and therefore exactly more relaxed. So I think that's a really good piece of advice, Loz. I love yeah. that. And then the last person said, actually, there's two more. This person said there's no metrics in motherhood to grade yourself and I found that really hard. So I think for anyone who's in those earlier throws, know that that's really a thing. This is a really nice story. This is a bit longer. So this person said, I treated motherhood as my job in inverted commas in the early months because I thought that's what it was after leaving a corporate gig on maternity leave. I think I fell into the feeling that I wasn't being productive enough and my baby's well-being and growth and development was my personal measure of success. I totally understand that. We talked yes. about that a lot in this episode with Casey Edwards. It led to a complete disparity in our parenting dynamic and a lot of resentment that I was carrying the load, both physical and mental, of caring for our baby. Perfectionism really crept into my thinking about parenting. I tried to perfect sleep. Breastfeeding became another reason to tie myself to the home and baby. So many thoughts on this stuff and not uncommon feelings amongst my new parents group, mostly mid-30s, inner-city, middle-class, career-oriented people. I think that's really interesting and touches on so much of what Casey said. Another person said, 
not enjoying it and not wanting to be the activities mum, feeling like I enjoy my days and am more energized from a day in the office. I love that person for admitting it. We've all been there. We all have those feelings or a lot of us do at least. And I think it's really important to say them. So if anyone else is feeling a little bit guilty for getting to their office today and feeling relieved rather than sad, you are absolutely not alone. Yeah. Someone else said none of these, as in none of those options around breastfeeding, conception, etc. But I was wildly unprepared for birth, the first newborn period, and my second return to work, and both made me feel like a failure. I think parenting is tricky all around, as in some things you know and some things you don't, whether it's your birth, yeah, whether it's your breastfeeding journey, doesn't really matter. And I also think this sounds so bad, but I'm of the opinion. When I listen to people gloating about, oh, my child walked at 11 months or my child rolled at three months, I'm like, I don't really care. I'm like, is your child going to be a good person at 15? Because that's what I care about. Yeah. So I'm like, you got the rest of your life, babe. Like the rolling thing, kudos to your kid. I think that's excellent. But I'm also like, that child is not going to be rolling at 15. They're going to be doing way worse stuff than that. So it's whether or not they turn out to be a nice person, a kind person, and then you can humble brag to me. If your child is building schools in Africa and funding world famine, like helping people You've that really a need good it, job. you should, you need to brag about that because that's something yes. we're bragging about. If your kid can hold their head at the age of one month, like, you know, stretch their neck, yeah. I, I don't want to hear it. Nah, Kudos to you, get, but we've got bigger issues let's ahead. Let's get rid of those metrics and focus more yeah. on <laughs> happiness on. and health. I love that. Exactly. I love that you said that because I would have nearly forgot to touch on this article that I saw on cactusflowerhealing.com, which is obviously some sort of um, <laughs> what <are you laughs> psychology reading? page. I'm Good. reading anything to do with gentle parenting names, obviously. Nice. Yeah. It sounds like that. My daughter's name will be Cactus. Nah, <laughs> what? I don't mind that. And in this article, it says the most important thing is to love and respect your kids for who they are and not who you or your parents, friends, extended family and neighbor down the street want them to be. Exactly. So for Spot anyone that's feeling on. like yes. a failure, all you need to do is love your kid for who they are. And Casey and I speak about this heaps in episode 50 of Ready or Not. So I highly recommend to listen. Oh, Loz, I meant to have thought of a tip, aren't I? <laughs> this happens every week. The only tip I can think about is the one that Hayden needs to take all of our junk to. <laughs> well, there you go. I will tell you a tip, which someone told me and I thought it was excellent. When you return back to work from Matt leave, delete all of your emails that are older than two weeks from your return date. I so saw if the best in, meme about this. Did like, you just get rid meme? of them. There's this no, meme of a mum that returned to, it's like just like a, sort of Twitter type meme of a mum that returns to work and it's like basically the person saying I've never had more respect for anyone than the mum that returned to work, opened her inbox, deleted every single email and said, if they need me, they know where to find me. Exactly. That's exactly right. If something's urgent, they will have contacted the person that you left in charge while you're out. And if it's day one, you're you're in charge from that day. You're back day one. I yep. love that tip. And Loz, I know in the past we've tried to find me one at the last minute. I'm going to <laughs> use the pregnancy as an excuse to say that I've got nothing. Nothing. You go, girl. <laughs> you go. Maybe you can tell us some tips post-birth. Give yes. us a little update on what you've yeah. learned. Yeah, I'm happy to do that. I'll give you Perfect. some really shit tips post-birth. <laughs> 
Perfect. Well, if you have loved today's episode to kick off 2024, please leave us a positive review or just a review. Positive only. And follow us on readyornot.pod. We will see you next week.